0: If you had ever hand driven a screw into wood or some other hard material, you know that power can be your friend. Sometimes a power screwdriver or a drill will tighten a screw that is impossible to tighten with a regular screwdriver. But other times, power is not a good thing. Using too much power can strip a screw head or strip the wood from a screw hole. Power is usually a good thing, but not always. Think about this. What are some times when it is a problem to have too much power? Well, maybe when elected or dictatorial leaders of a country take advantage of their people without recourse, or when a person is unfamiliar with a power tool or a new vehicle and not yet aware of its full capabilities, or when one is not capable of handling the power safely and respectfully. You know, when it comes to following God, our power, our strength is often not a good thing since it can get in His way or distract us from what really does matter. God and His strength. There is a thread running throughout the Bible that shows us that God is not impressed by the things that often impress us. God often uses men and women who don't impress us to wow us. We don't cheer for them just because they are nobodies. We cheer for them because they realized they are somebody with God on their side. And that gives us hope In this session, we will see that God's patient, loving kindness once more as He responded to the desperate cries of His people. He would provide Gideon, another unlikely judge, to rescue His people and turn them back to Him. Through Gideon, we will see that God uses our weaknesses to shine the light of His glory. Our first point is that strength comes from the God who is present. Strength comes from the God who is present. In Judges chapter 6, the Israelites had once again committed evil acts against God. So he raised up another people, the Midianites, to discipline his own. After seven years of oppression that forced the Israelites to hide in the mountains, in caves, and in strongholds, God's people cried out in desperate need of deliverance. Read with me, Judges chapter 6, verses 11 through 16. Now the angel of the Lord came and sat under the terebinth of Ophrah, which belonged to Joash the Abazite, while his son Gideon was beating out wheat in the winepress to, to hide from the Midianites. And an angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, O mighty man of valor. And Gideon said to him, Please, sir, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? And where are his wonderful deeds that our fathers recounted to us, saying, Did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us, and given us into the hand of Midian. And the Lord turned to him and said, Go in this might of yours, and save Israel from the hand of Midian. Do not I send you? And he said to him, Please, Lord, how can I save Israel? Behold, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. And the Lord said to him, But I will be with you, and you shall strike the Midianites as one man. When an angel of the Lord first came to Gideon, he was not acting like a warrior, but was hiding from the Midianites. And God told Gideon to go in strength and liberate Israel from her oppressors. Far from being valiant, Gideon considered himself weak, and that was exactly how God saw him, weak and afraid. Yet God looked past who Gideon was to see what he would do through him. Gideon was weak. He was a weak jar of clay, the perfect vessel for the task God was giving him, the perfect container to reveal the extraordinary power of God. One ordinarily threshed wheat in the open. The wheat would be beaten and then tossed up in the air so the wind could help separate the grain from the chaff. But Gideon was not threshing wheat in the open. He was in a wine press, out of sight, hiding from the Midianites and hoping they would not come and destroy his harvest. Not a very valiant activity. Think about this. What are some ways we are weak and God can shine through us when oh, we are tempted to sin? But in this, God provides strength to resist and flee so that our victory over temptation brings praise to Him. So we succumb to sin, maybe. When we turn once again to Jesus, God's grace for our forgiveness shines forth and we can get up and walk. When we are weak to obey and succeed in our calling, but God's strength is more than sufficient for us. The angel said said the Lord was with Gideon, but he had felt abandoned by God. The Midianites' oppression had left the Israelites wondering what had happened to the God who had given their ancestors victories in Egypt and beyond. God had brought the fury of the Midianites upon His people, but God was still listening to His people, even though they did not listen and obey. He would raise up Gideon to deliver them. Gideon was no one, but God's presence with them would change everything. In the same way, Jesus encouraged his disciples for their mission with these same words, I am with you always until the end of the age. God's second statement about his presence with Gideon came as an answer to a question. Who am I? How can I deliver Israel? We cannot discount the, the reasonable uh, how reasonable that question was. I mean, Gideon was right. He was no one. He could not deliver Israel. Without God, God's presence, Gideon would never triumph, but God's presence changes everything. God would give Gideon the victory, and his power would bring the Midianites to their knees. God spoke the phrase, I will be with you, to his people many times throughout the Old Testament. He said it to Isaac and to Jacob, Joshua, and he said it to his people through Isaiah and Jeremiah. And this phrase was used to encourage others who followed God. Such as when Israel said to Joseph, I am about to die, but God will be with you. Scripture promises that God is with His people, yet it is easy to feel afraid and weak. We want to believe God will be our strength, yet we waver. God's words, I will be with you, meant Gideon was ready for the task at hand because God was ready. But even this assurance was not enough to make Gideon brave. Our second point is assurance comes from the God who is patient. Assurance comes from the God who is patient. Judges chapter 6 verse 34 says that the spirit of the Lord clothed Gideon. clothed with the Holy Spirit, Gideon rallied his people behind him to fight off their oppressors, the Midianites. The stage seems set for Gideon to step forward and to rescue God's people through his divine power. But that is not what we see happen next. Read with me, Judges chapter 6, verses 36 through 40. Then Gideon said to God, If you will save Israel by my hand, as you have said, Behold, I am laying a fleece of wool on the threshing floor. If there is dew on the fleece alone, and it is dry on all the ground, then I shall know that you will save Israel by my hand, as you have said. And it was so. When he rose early next morning and squeezed the fleece, he wrung enough dew from the fleece to fill a bowl with water. Then Gideon said to God, Let not your anger burn against me. Let me speak just once more. Please let me test just once more with the fleece. Please let it be dry on the fleece only, and on all the ground let there be dew. And God did so that night, and it was dry on the fleece only, and on all the ground there was dew." Gideon asked God for a sign, and then a second sign, even after the angel of the Lord had already validated his message with a sign of fire from a rock. We need to see Gideon's request for what they were—doubt. God had been quite clear in his instructions and promises to Gideon. There was no confusion or misunderstanding, but Gideon struggled with disbelief and distrust. He just couldn't take God's word for it. So, laying out a fleece is far from a commendable example to follow. It's a sign of one's doubt in God's calling. Doubt. We might be able to excuse Gideon's request for a sign, I mean, at least the first one. But even after the first fleece turned up exactly as he had prayed, Gideon still wasn't sure. Perhaps Gideon rationalized his results. Only the fleece was wet this morning simply because it had been soaked up all the water around it. His anxiety was choking out his faith, and so once again he gave in to his doubt and faithlessness and asked for yet another sign, which God would give. Laying out a fleece, anyone who has been called by God to do something that strikes fear within them or causes one to feel anxious or overwhelmed can surely relate to Gideon. I mean, wanting assurances of future steps, right? I mean, it's impossible that we too may have laid out a figurative fleece for even a multiple ones before God. Thus, we shouldn't condemn Gideon, but we should learn from his negative example and do it rightly. We must remind ourselves that God's word given to us is perfect. We may not always be comfortable with what God has called us to, to do, but we might not even like it, right? But trusting in Him in faith, at all times, even through our weaknesses. It's what spiritual maturity looks like. Think about this what are some reasons we are tempted to lay out a fleece instead of take it God at His word? Maybe we are afraid of what obedience may require. God's calling may, may seem beyond our own abilities, and, and we don't like to be in over our heads with anything. Maybe we struggle to rest in God's power and presence to accomplish what He has called us to do, or we are hoping for a way out of God's calling. Gideon's fear and doubt were, were not met with rebuke, but rather with grace. God was in no way required to grant Gideon's request for a wet and then a dry fleece. If God were human, he'd likely have thrown up his hands and given up on Gideon, but thankfully, God is no man. Instead, God extended patient grace of Gideon to Gideon, and he does the same for us as well. Listen to this quote from R.C. Sproul. Long-suffering, forbearing patience, is to be the Christian's reflection of the character of God. It is part of God's character to be slow to anger and quick to be merciful. One of the simplest definitions of grace is an undeserved gift, Though Gideon did not merit the signs he asked for out of his doubt, God graciously gave them anyway. God shows us His grace when He saves us and forgives us, loves us and helps us, but also when He patiently walks with us through our fears. Though we shouldn't be afraid, sometimes we are. Though we should believe, sometimes we struggle. Though we should obediently walk on the path He has set before us, Sometimes we're too anxious to take the next step, and sometimes we trip and fall. God responds to these doubts and fears with grace, not wrath. God lovingly and patiently meets with His children, where they are to take them, where they need to be. This is what spiritual growth and maturity looks like. God changing us, slowly but surely, moment by moment, to trust Him more and live more like Him. How has God shown you patient grace when you were afraid regarding His calling? Our last point is victory comes from the God who is powerful. Victory comes from the God who is powerful. Most of us would never worry about having too much money, or time, or ability. Similarly, the leader of a rebel army likely would never worry about having too many troops. In warfare, the more troops, the better. But unbeknownst to Gideon, Having too many troops was precisely his problem. Read with me Judges chapter 7, verses 2 through 7. The Lord said to Gideon, The people with you are too many for me to give the Midianites into their hand, lest Israel boast over me, saying, My own hand has saved me. Now, therefore, proclaim in the ears of the people, saying, Whoever is fearful and trembling, let him return home and hurry away from Mount Gilead. Then 22,000 of the people returned, and 10,000 remained. And the Lord said to Gideon, The people are still too many. Take them down to the water, and I will test them for you there. And anyone of whom I say to you, This one shall go with you, shall go with you. And anyone of whom I say to you, This one shall not go with you, shall not go. So he brought the people down to the water. And the Lord said to Gideon, Everyone who laps the water with his tongue, as a dog laps, shall be set by himself. Likewise, everyone who kneels down to drink. And the number of those who lapped, putting their hands to their mouths, was three hundred men. But all the rest of the people knelt down to drink the water. And the Lord said to Gideon, With the three hundred men who lapped, I will save you and give the Midianites to your hand, and let all the others go every man to his home. The Midianite army was at least 120,000 strong. Gideon had rallied 32,000 men to his cause. They were still outnumbered, but it was possible the battle could break in their favor. So God called on Gideon to pare down his forces. The reason? To combat the people's pride and secure the praise for himself to whom it rightfully belongs. Pride is, is disregard for God and focus on self. Pride makes us believe that we know better than God and can handle our problems apart from God and deserve the credit instead of God. Pride is ready to consume us, often a willing target at every turn in life. Just consider Adam and Eve, Cain and the Tower of Babel and Pharaoh. God wanted Gideon to, to feel helplessness and trust as his forces were pared down. He did not want Israel believing they had won the victory over Midian, He did not want Gideon elevated as a great war hero. God wanted His people to celebrate and depend on Him, to worship and praise Him alone. So He took away any confidence they could have in any human strength. God is the same today. He is still jealous for His glory. He wants us to trust Him. So He is willing to take away our sources of strength too. Think about this. Why does God always deserve praise for our victories? Well, He is the Creator, right? He is the Lord who gives, the, 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 Lord, he, the, the Lord gives, and the Lord takes away, right? I mean, blessed is the name of the Lord found in Job chapter 1. God is sovereign over all of life's circumstances, right? I mean, our battles are, are fought and won with His strength and power, not our own. God cut Gideon's forces from 32,000 to 10,000, to 300 in order to defeat 120,000 Midianites. Now, what could 300 do against such an army? Nothing, except that God would fight and deliver Israel through his power. and That is what he wanted Gideon, Israel, and the surrounding nations to know. Instead of this story encouraging the use of fleeces, God wants us to believe that He always fights for His people in power and wins. Here is this week's Christ I'm site. Here is this week's essential doctrine. God is omnipotent. God is all-powerful. There is nothing God cannot do so long as it does not contradict His own nature or law. God has power and authority over the universe He created from the largest solar system to the smallest particle. Affirming that God is all-powerful does not mean that God can sin, since that would go against His perfect moral nature. As Christians, we rest in the belief that God, the God who has all power, is good, and we gain great comfort by knowing that an all-powerful God is working for our good and joy. God took Gideon, a fearful man, who took one small step of faith at a time, and through him gave his people victory over the Midianites. But God used Gideon and his army of 300 for much more than that. He used them to show the Israelites his power and whom they could rely on for even greater victory. Sound familiar? Jesus was a nobody from a throwaway town. He was not a trained religious, political, or military leader. But using a small ragtag group of men, Jesus turned the world upside down, or perhaps more accurately, right side up. Jesus's message was one of victory, not over the faith in, not over the Romans, but over sin and death through faith in him. Just as God wanted the Israelites to see that victory over the Midianites was by His power alone, Jesus showed that there is only one way to experience victory over sin, him. And now it's our turn. We are the Gideons of this generation. I mean, turn to the only one who can uh, march, uh, march you to victory and enable you to proclaim loudly that God is the champion. Admit your weaknesses, trust in His power, and give Him the praise. Because we have been rescued from our sin through Jesus, we answer His call to service, trusting that He is with us and will empower us to win the victory for His glory. Here are some ways for you to apply God's Word to your life this week. How is God calling you to trust Him and take your next step of faith, perhaps even into an overwhelming situation? What are some ways your church can step out in faith in the omnipotent God? Who do you know who might be living in fear right now? How can you encourage them with the gospel of Jesus Christ? Please pray with me. Father. We are weak, and you are strong. Thank you for patiently bearing with our lack of confidence in your power and for your faithfulness to your promise to remain with your people. Help us to serve you in the power of the Spirit as we proclaim your Son, Jesus, to those in need of a Savior. Amen.